Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Trident Wargaming, build it, paint it, play it. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. We have another Heresy episode here for you. Today I am joined with my co-host Andy. Hey guys, what's up? And we are joined again with Arthur from uh, Charging from Deep Strike Studios. Thanks for having me back, Bill. Literally always a pleasure. Yeah, Very nice, very nice. Uh, we have little uh hobby updates i guess we'll go through quick just to see what everyone was you know up to the last little while and then we'll jump into some uh sweet sweet heresy goodness um and do you want to start off first what you what did you have going on the last little while actually pretty much pushing through a uh, new army for bolt action uh but uh, also at the same time uh, trying to continuously work on the Thousand Suns as well, so um, was able to pretty much get the base color sprayed on the uh, the Marines that have been sitting on my desk for a while. <laughs> um, so I got the red all done up, so I'll start putting details on them. And then uh, also working on some of the elite choices, the uh, Kenate Occult Cabal. Just kind of found out that I've uh, I'm missing two swords, so I kind of can't complete them. But we'll get there. Um, other than that, just little odds and ends here and there. Really, that's about it. Just trying to clear off the desk. Always the projects, you know, stacking up. So, what's next after bolt action? Like, is there is there any items that you are really excited for that you have a hard deadline before? Like, are you doing anything uh, for the LVO? For L, no, myself, no. No, I'm not uh, doing anything. I'm sending out the horsemen to go and conquer <laughs> and divide when they're there. So I'll be, I'll be at home base doing my thing and and keeping everything, uh, you know, tidied up. So other than that, it's just uh, tried a bunch, a whole bunch of other games. Uh, I got some MCP under my belt. That was a pretty cool game. Uh, and then yeah, just kind of like I said, odds and ends here and there, trying to. I know we talked with Bill prepping for next year and stuff, and just looking at different options as well, different communities, checking out what's going on. So, one of the things I, I respect about you, Andy, and, and anyone who does this, is people who can play so many different games and be involved in so many different communities. Uh, it's because I don't have kids. <laughs> I mean, I don't have kids either, and I, I've started about to play more than one game at a at a reasonable level. <laughs> so, so. Uh, Hats off to you, I guess. No, thanks. <laughs> How about yourself, Arthur? How about, uh, what do you got going on for, for hobby-wise? Well, I decided to start a new 40k army. And I know this is a heresy podcast, but <laughs> we're going to talk about the greater good for a second. Oh my. Uh, last last <laughs> podcast, we were talking about a model that really speaks to you, something that makes you want to get into something. And I was talking about the fucking ghost keel. It just... It gets yes. It. Yes. So, uh, we're talking about hobby stuff. I've played in like three tournaments in the last month. Uh, more, more than I really wanted to. 
And in one of those tournaments, I won a ghost keel as a as a prize, and that that's started me buying an entire tower army. So I've been really hard away assembling all that. Nice. Um, you know, if if you've never had the pleasure of building building a, a tower army, they're they're still modular. One of the things I like about thirty k uh, is you know a lot of the kits you can kind of build them how you want, right? The newer forty k kits are pretty much they're almost monopose, and while the modeling is quite dynamic. It lacks that customization options of the older days. And you guys remember the Space Marines you used to be able to build whatever way you want, right? Yep. Uh, the Tau are, to I me, mean, to some extent, especially the Crisis Suits, still like that. So you can kind of build them any way you want. And I'm surprised I'm putting them together and I'm like, this is hard. How do I want them posed? I need to get a little uh, a test model dummy out here. <laughs> so I've been working really hard to get them together. Uh, I'm super excited to get them on the tabletop. Uh, and just have an entirely different army. So yeah, I, really... I didn't. I didn't think you would play Tau. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I wanted something that has just a unique playstyle, and I think Tau offers that. Nice. It was a surprise to all of us. He had cat ears on and just said, "Guys, I'm, I'm playing Tau now." We were surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like coming out, you know. It is. Uh, it's a very slick looking army, though. Too all the suits and all the remix of the of uh, a lot of the newer models that they have done in the past. I don't know five years or so, and then the additions that they've made. Right. So, man, um, if you like Gundam, if you like BattleTech, if you like uh, any of you know battle heavy suits gear, kind of stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's the aesthetic. So yeah. I've, I've got it planned out where I'm gonna try to. You know, again, up my paint game. I'm gonna work on. Uh, I'm gonna do like hairspray chipping for the first time, but I mean, not actually using hairspray. I'll I'll buy a real product. Nothing wrong with hairspray though. Mm. And we're gonna go for like a like a space look, right? Someone some suits that have seen some shit. Okay. Okay. Do you have uh, uh, do you have colors in mind? Like, do you have? Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be a little bit of uh, like brown rusting, uh, and some some grime shooting in there. I got some Vallejo stuff. But I'm doing some scale 75 blue, like like very blue, and I'm hoping that the blue and the orangey brown will contrast against each other. Interesting. Very nice. Be interesting to see. I'm sure you'll have it all posted and stuff. You betcha. Right. It's it's a it's a non-traditional color for Tau. I didn't want to do any of the traditional colors, and I wanted a color that just pops, that's striking, that when you see it on the tabletop, you're like, wow, those are nice. Don't look at the paint; it'll be garbage. But like, look at the color; it'll be pretty. <laughs> uh, you paint pretty good. You don't think you have to worry about that. I paint good enough to get another second place. You know how many second places I've gotten this year? <laughs> Some harsh judges out there. First place in our hearts, though. Oh, that's, you know, that's the one that counts. That's right. People's champion. It's the, it's the cat ears, right? We're gonna have to make a trophy of cat ears for just for Arthur. Oh God! <laughs> oh my! Bill, what's been on your table, man? What are you working on? Tell me it's, it's Dark Eldar. I know, I know, it's a heresy podcast. But... No, no, uh, no, Dark Eldar, not yet. Um, there's been it's been a, a lot of stuff. I'm working on Huskarls again. I need to get those ready for my LVO list. Um, it's been. Back and forth between pretty much heresy stuff, obviously coordinating, running the uh, doubles event, 
some slow grow stuff in there. Um, and then I did order some Tortuga Bay MK2 bodies. I'm going to be doing a um, Templar Sword Brethren. Oh, yeah, secrets. <laughs> uh, yeah, dropping a, a Templar Brethren squad. And uh, that Bayard's Revenge uh, Black Templar model that dropped for 40k. I'm actually going to be converting them, shaving down the legs a little bit, and uh, taking off the backpack, adding probably Fafnir Rand's backpack or someone, one of the character types, anyways, and making uh, a custom uh, Sigismund out of it. Just because he's just, he looks cool, but he looks a little bit small for me. And uh, I like the bulk of the this Primaris character. I think he looks really cool. He'll match well with the uh, true skill look of those Tortuga Bay models. Yeah, so, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty stoked for that. That's just going to be kind of like a little mini showpiece in the list. Um, just something different, right? Uh, add a little bit of flavor. So uh, that's been my big thing mainly. Um, recently also punched out a table for uh, bolt action. Uh, there was an event on the weekend there we had. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Got the kids involved. Uh, doing some hobby time with dad, which was a lot of fun. Um, they had a they had a blast doing it, so that's uh, that's half the battle right there. And um, anytime you can, you know, get your uh, little people involved with your hobby is uh, is good quality time. So works out. Uh, it's a win win. So win win. Win 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 win. Sure, man. For sure. So like uh, LVO is in. It's what, February? End of January. End of January? Yeah, January yeah. 26th. Right, close enough to Valentine's Day that, you know, you might as well get something down there when you're in Vegas from one of those gift shops. You could. You could. Uh, so you have, you know, probably not even 40 days and 40 nights here mm -hmm. uh, to be 100% ready for LVO. Are you ready? I'm not 100% <laughs> ready. Uh, I did get... A lot of my army painted quickly. Um, most of it's at kind of like a tabletop standard. Uh, but now is the time where I'm going to be taking it from tabletop to that, you know, that next level of detailing, um, cleaning up a lot of the armor, adding all the fine scratches, detail, stuff like that. Um, so I, I've got a little bit of work cut out for me, obviously. I figure an hour a day, I think we'll probably be in, the, in a good spot. Um, the hard part's done is getting it all to that level. Uh, after that, it's pretty easy and I'm going to be playing in the, uh, day one, two narrative and the day three competitive where my goal is to be able to play the whole list in both events, if not pretty damn close. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, well, Hey, my theory well. of the ancients list is both my narrative and my competitive. Oh my. Look at you go. <laughs> Look at you go. I, I do suspect to see some there. I'll be honest. Oh, for sure. In the, in the narrative sure. part, though, like... Yeah. Really? No. Yeah, it's... I don't know, man. We've had this conversation before many, many times of, of just having different... People have different ideas of what's fun or narrative for, for them, right? So, And that's... I think that's the biggest thing is narrative is so subjective that you can always find some way to spin it in with headcanon and wrap it up. Like I always think, you know, iron hands for a cool narrative dread list, or if you're, uh, 
you know, got the the old Warhound um, Dreadnoughts on the Conqueror, like part of the stories that you hear in Heresy, right? Those kind of um, moments really scream Heresy to me. Uh, if you can, you know, support it with a little bit of fluff, it's even better. Uh, but realistically, it, it's pretty much subjective. So I, I think anybody going who doesn't have tools to deal with some of the nasty, like dreads, terminators, all sorts of that shit, um, in any style of play, I think you're naive and you're probably setting yourself up for a potential feels bad, right? Um, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. It, that, that might sound a little biased considering, I won't lie, my army is made to be... Um, anti-meta uh, that's the best way to explain it because my army excels in dealing with dreadnoughts and vehicles um but i i made it that way because i knew dreads were going to be a thing they're going to be very prevalent in armies um and obviously being as good as they are for the return on your points and also looking downright cool i, I just yeah i i wanted to have something where you know what i'll, I'll play against anything with my list i really will um, and most of the time I think I'll have a good game doing it and my opponent will have fun too. So, you know what? That, that's the kind of event. I like that mentality right there. Yeah. Love to see that. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah, my big thing there. I mean, regardless of the event, you're, you're always going to have that in it where players are, are building their lists and, and whatnot. And it's just nature of the beast that's that's what they want to play be it narrative or not it also depends on the players too you know if if you'll hear a lot of time and i'm sure you hear it in 40k a lot as well as you know oh i'm not a tournament player i don't like tournaments this and that blah blah blah, blah right it's too competitive well i mean there's there's always going to be a, a small little portion of that competitiveness no matter what kind of game you're playing period yeah right yeah well as, as soon as you so, have one player against another and there's a desire to win in some fashion. Yeah, you, exactly. You do have that. You do. Exactly, right? So it's just, you know, uh, everybody's different. I mean, we play, uh, a lot of guys that we play, they can play some really good, strong games, right? Have a really good game. It's really close, you know, a lot of things happen in the game. And then you have other games where you're playing with other people in the community and you know, you know for a fact that, that they're not at that state or they're not at that mentality for playing games. So... No, you're not going to just go in there and, and crush face. You're going to tone it back a little bit, hopefully, and just have a good time with it, right? It might just be a, a beers and pretzels kind of throwaway game where you just have fun, still play it, still try things out, but you don't need to completely wipe the guy out on the first turn, and, you know, that's that, right? That, that depends. If I'm playing Bill, I'm going to try to wipe him out on the first turn every single time. Yeah, <laughs> well, the fucking guy's going to clock me, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing is you guys have that relationship game and relationship of you know um you guys are pitted against each other play that that way right you want to play your, your, your mouth after he beat me with one moon skate chaos space brains <laughs> there was a lot so, of anti-chaos memes i'm just uh, like i did that not just for me i did that for luke cash for a lot of chaos players out there just saying oh, you're you're the hero are you chaos is ultimate champion not a hero, settle, just, settle a man. Down, Horace. just a man. Just a man. Settle down, Horace. Yeah, this is where I put an overlay of Horace's armor on Bill. Oh, right now. fuck. Just yeah, I, 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 I never wanted to unleash my legions. Okay, yeah. you just you made me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
just to echo the point um, Andy was kind of making there, like we'll start talking about some slow grow. I, I think that's that's kind of the main the main thing with slow grow. So we've been running a league locally here. Uh, we've gone through now four months out of our eight month total um, progressional little series we've been doing, uh, where it's basically. We've been lining up two games a month. Uh, first was at 750. We just finished our phase two at 1500, where the, the main goal is to get everything painted, uh, hashtag fully painted, for when we're actually starting to roll into uh, more events in the new year and then a big campaign. And obviously, painted just plays better uh, in my mind, anyways. So it, it, it's been kind of the thing where we have all walks of heresy gaming experience that come out and play. We've got guys that have four or five games under their belts. And then we've got guys who are playing for the last decade. Uh, so like there's a big mix, uh, obviously with 2.0 it's, it's kind of changed a lot of stuff just because everything's sort of been redressed in the balance when the new system dropped. Um, it's the same game, but it's not right. There's like small, subtle little tweaks that have, changed a lot of the stuff and the way these units work so it's cool watching everybody kind of go through their cold war era essentially everyone's playing building you see you know dreadnoughts coming out 10 man last cannon squads coming out well volkite squads better i don't know is you know you start seeing all these different um combos coming out it's great I, I, yeah. yeah i love seeing All-Star that there's coming out snipers coming yeah. out yeah yeah yeah, it's, Scorpius is coming out. That's yeah, and that's the next thing, right? You're gonna start seeing. Well, I need indirect firing support to be able to deal with those Fulminaris Terminators to be able to deal with Las Cannon uh, teams or whatever the case may be. So it, it's it's cool to watch that happen. Um, but yeah, when we're playing, uh, there, we don't have set pairings or anything. And I really encourage guys to call out games um, on the public page we have. Uh, basically, like if you want to play a little bit harder, throw it out there. Someone will have the inclination to, you know, help you whet that appetite. Uh, just because we have players all over the place that are geared towards that or not. But for other players like myself and a few others, I, I recommend guys bringing two different lists just because you don't know who you're going to play. And if you are going to play one of the newer guys, you might want to play something a little bit more, a little more toned down and not to, not to try and, you know, make it a less fun game. It'll still be fun. It's just, I don't need to bring super crazy stuff. I just, I just want to have fun rolling dice, get that person more used to their army, play it out. And the best part about the game is after is when you can talk about all the tactical choices you were making together because that i think that's the biggest way to improve is playing the game and then talking about it having a debrief it's uh especially fun if you can do it over beer and wings after but uh even just a quick verbal 20 minute chat after the game at the store is always good too you know that's the equivalent of a, a cuddle and a smoke right yeah shit yeah it is it's um especially with a lot of guys coming either back into the game or starting into the game um you know there's a lot of crossover guys from 40k coming into to 30k and kind of having to revisit some old rules that they haven't played in a long time and then you had other players that just they never were around in the community right so now they are and you don't want to you know you don't want to go in and smash face and then scare all these new players away and not they don't have a fun time right 
So it's not to say that you're going to, you know, you're losing your game on purpose or whatever, but it's more of like Bill said, just have a good game. Just have a good time, right? It's, um, I think it's a very important aspect of community building. And I've seen, I've seen it in multiple uh, communities um, where it's that kind of mentality definitely works and grows some more quicker than others. But then there's are, there are some communities that you, you don't see it. You don't see that kind of support for the player base by the guys who are leading the, the community. And it's like, I, you know, why, why am I even here? Why am I even trying to jump into this? Right. Cause like I'm in a gazillion different games or right? a gazillion different, you know, c- communities and you can tell which ones are really active and which ones are really supportive of, of growing the communities. And there's a lot of experienced people out there. Right. So, um, definitely take that time to, to, I guess, know your player base in a sense, right? Know and your, that's what the, well, know your role. <laughs> well, know your player base, but grow your player base. Like honestly, I feel like a farmer, and I'm trying to grow a community. I'm trying to make it flourish. I'm trying to do things to keep people involved, and you know, create something that people actually want to be a part of. Much like yourself, Arthur, with the uh, EWL, right? The 40k league. You have to keep coming out with stuff. You have to keep moving you have to keep progressing to keep you know the interest peaked and keep guys going and doing their thing and uh, every, every system needs one of those kind of those front men right um uh, we've talked Absolutely. about it a lot uh be and emulate the player that you you wish was around where you were starting out like you'll attract the kind of players you want by leading by example, right? So showing up, being a great opponent, having awesome painted armies, uh, also playing playing well, right? If you can kind of be a triple threat where you're matching all these things, not to mention being like really sociable, um, it's going to go a yeah. long way. You're going to really start yeah. to attract good people. It's like being a teacher. Yeah, essentially. As Arthur, no? Yeah. You, gotta, well, you don't, you don't want to be the teacher that you hated. No, you no, got to... You're, you're passing off... You're passing that knowledge and whatnot to your pupils, which are, you know, a player base, right? Especially if you got new new player base, right? Like, yeah, that's true. Though, is everybody remembers their favorite teacher, and everyone remembers their least favorite teacher for different reasons, right? Oh, I I definitely remember (laughs) the second one. I definitely remember the second one. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's a big thing. Um, with any community, I just, I've noticed it a lot with heresy. Like we went from, a, I want to say between a seven to 12, you know, solid player base to now like our slow grow leagues rocking out at 26 players and not everyone's come out at the same time, obviously, but that was the whole point of the slow grow league was to have, Hey, we're doing it on Sunday at this store and the traveling circus in two weeks. Hey, we're doing it. Saturday here, Sunday there, Thursday at this club, like really trying to bounce around to give all the different players a chance to come out on different nights of the week because not everyone can do weekends. Um, During the week is really cool too. And it's really been cool for the stores because they could see a different crop of people coming in. Um, It's good for the players because some people have never been to different stores. You kind of break them out of their shell a little bit. So it's... It's a great way to not only grow your community, but uh, show support to your local game stores 
And, Without uh, stores, we don't rolling. have community. Well, that's true. It's true, right? So you got you to gotta support those local stores. I agree with that. Well, that. Then we're just playing dice in the alley for money, and it'd probably be cheaper than uh, <laughs> our tabletop <laughs> hobbies. But, you know, it's a lot more fun on the tabletop being immersed with all the terrain and armies. So Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, talking about slow grow here, uh, how many how many points are you going up to? Um, Where are we at? So we're bumping up to twenty two fifty now. Um, now it's gonna be good. So fifteen hundred people started bringing out some terminators. I'm sure you know maybe a second dread, maybe some vehicle support. What are you expecting to see at that twenty two fifty point? Uh twenty two fifty is a unique spot. Um, I did do like kind of a disclaimer post on our next like slow grow, saying, "Hey guys, um, you're going to be starting to see." heavier units um more tanks probably more dreads this is also the point where you can start including primarchs and there will be some primarchs at this level i'm almost guaranteeing it people should be see a rust <laughs> you think you'll see a horse not a horse ascended not a horse ascended uh a 2250 i know you can't do normal horse he's 600 so you're still a little bit out for that but yeah i i think anything that'll fit in that 2250 mark um, you'll pretty much see. Oh, like the shitty Primarchs, like Lorgar. Uh, hey, he's he is pretty good. Don't be fooled. <laughs> Don't be fooled. And he's definitely under 562 points. So um, what we've noticed is like, yeah, obviously not every Primarch is created equal. Um, Ferris Mattis is has different skills, a big right? boss. But uh, any Primarch out there that has a brutal two or up weapon, I think is really going to shine. Um in the game and primarchs feel like they're in a good place you can easily walk a primarch up to a 10 20 man tactical marine squad and just literally blender through them and you can with the way that the rules are you can precision strike punch that sergeant vexilla apothecary right in the face they're all dead you're like oh wow and it's like hey what are you guys gonna do oh yeah you're gonna run because you you're just marines <laughs> and that's pretty much how it feels when you're fighting them i you know uh, playing against Jimbo there and his Lehman Russ. It was a 3k game, mind you, but uh, Russ just walked through a full Terminator squad like it was nothing. The only thing that even kept me in the combat as long as it did was my Vigil Pattern Storm Shields. He blew right through that squad. It was amazing to see and terrifying at the same time. Andy, what are you expecting to see out of this 2250? Uh, probably more Spartans. For so sure. like, uh, you know, one uh, Spartan per person. No, no one's playing two at that point level. No, but I think you are going to see some Spartans and maybe the old style build of, build of maybe a Death Star. Um, right. So, guys will, uh, you know, big Terminator squad. You know, with characters. Yeah, that stuff. Um, you'll probably see. Well, we we have seen some Charybdis action already. Yeah. Um, but you might you might come across other named characters as well, um, which you could have already taken. But this might but be now. Easy. Now people might have the points to get more value out of that, and for sure, exactly. they're not sacrificing something else to get Abby in the the list or or yeah. Eidolon or whatever. And you might also see some different rights of war happening as well, right? Yeah, um, I was just about to say so, rights are probably going to be a thing now. Start popping off. So yeah. those the, the, these legion specific ones. Yeah. Legion specific ones, and then of course you still do have the generic ones. So I mean, 
you never know you might you might see a, uh what is it uh, armored spearhead i think it is um with all the tanks right just full full tank army out there you could see that now um but yeah just the rights of war like i was even thinking of, of the uh right of war for my thousand sons where it's uh the crimson guard of the crimson king right and it's it's literally you're you're working with ter- a lot of terminators a lot of Sekmec Terminator stuff like that gets really expensive and things start striking. Um, you get a whole bunch of benefits just being able to um, give six infantry units deep strike just like that, right? Um, but at, at the same th- time, like Bill had mentioned, Prat- uh, not Praetors, but Primarchs for sure. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, probably if, if you're really kind of going, still going heavy with, with Marines, you'll probably see double the amount of heavy weapon teams um right the heavy support squads and stuff like that you might even see just uh um regular support squads because they can get pretty pricey too a lot of rhinos coming out there just overall probably a, a good mix mix of everything um and then some armies could be specialized like if i did my white scars up it, again it'd be just a massive amount of bikes on the board, right? Um, stuff like that. So that's that's kind of what I'm I'm thinking. Um, but the legions that we kind of have in our community uh, playing right now, there's actually multiple of the same uh, legions, like the Ultramarines and the Imperial Fists, which have gotten. Now, is that because those legions are competitively good, or are they because those legions are communitarily popular? Or, or a bit of both, I would say. Um, we went from because they're good. <laughs> um, maybe I, 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 it's hard to say, right? Because you know, you can read the rules, uh, when Heresy first came out, and people are like, Oh, yeah, these are pretty good, blah blah blah. I want to play these guys. Simple fact, yeah, they they are good, they are really, they got really good rules. Whereas previous edition, it was like nobody played Imperial Fists. Yeah. Now you got like four people playing them, or if not more, right? Ultramarines. I was the only Ultramarine player back then. I don't. I haven't even touched them except for our very first like intro game to uh, 2.0. But I haven't touched them since. Why? Because yeah. I have my interest is in in my oh, thousand sons right now, right? So, but a lot of their players are playing them, and I can see with their armies, my army probably is going to have to drastically change model-wise, miniature-wise to to really work well with their current rules now. So, you um, had a chasing boy? No, no, just <laughs> adding to the forces. Right? You are speaking to the current doubles champion. I am. <laughs> I should, I should show <laughs> some respect. Damn yeah. right. Are you meta <laughs> chasing sir? <laughs> yes, sir. Are you meta chasing my go. lord? The there you go. It's hardcore. But um, no, overall. Are you meta chasing Doubles Daddy? <laughs> Double Daddy. Doubles Daddy. Wow, that's the new title for the award. That's what you need. Doubles Daddy. Yeah, the Doubles Daddy. The Doubles Daddy Awards. Yeah. Sil- silk screened on a uh, on like a greasy stained wife beater. <laughs> each each winner gets one. <laughs> but. Yeah. That might be oh good goodness. for like the wooden spoon, a spoon uh, award. Get some kind of shirt. 
Just uh <laughs> Oh my I have a Marine holding a wooden spoon like a bolter kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, overall, I mean I, I think uh majority I think of the players have picked their legions more of for the rule of cool. Right. I, so I, I, I applaud that. Good for everyone who did that. That's that's definitely the way to play the game for sure. Yeah. One of the things uh, that disappoints me ongoingly is was how popular Warhammer got over COVID and how some of these uh, places like Goonhammer came to be and, and and Tabletop Tactics and all the other ones who, you know, they'll do a codex review and this is no different from Heresy. Yep. Uh, and they, they say, oh, you know, I mean, in uh, 40k and a codex comes out that has six sub-factions. They'll tell you which sub-faction is the best and now every single player is a that sub-faction player. And I, I do find that a bit disappointing. I'd like to see an army that's painted red play the red sub-faction and, and people just be like, hey man, I thought this one was cool, so I painted my minis like that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I applaud the Heresy community for doing that. And you definitely saw that out at that doubles event you guys just had. Uh, there wasn't a lot of repeats as far... And, and, and the repeats uh, the repeats weren't necessarily because those armies were powerful, right? There was just a couple of guys that really liked painting Sons of Horus. Yep. Or, uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's been a passion for a lot of those guys too, right? Um, cool. So really, nice to see that. It's really like all of us—a passion of of the hobby itself and the armies. And I mean, Bill was a, a huge, or is a huge Iron Warriors fan, but then he turned the leaf and went decided to go with his, the Imperial Fists because there's a lot of pay- players playing Iron Warriors, right? And he always had an interest in the Fists as well. So yeah. He was like, I'm doing it, right? I don't care if there's three other players playing it. I'm doing it because it's cool. I really like him. Apparently, he loves to really paint yellow. And, uh, you yeah, know, just... Contrast? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do it. Yellow is easy. But, but it's, um, you know, it was that passion project for him too, right? He had an idea set in motion and went with it and pretty much broke all barriers of, you know, the meta, like you said, he doesn't meta chase he he breaks them in a sense right it's like i don't even not even touching lazcan teams like nope that's out of there but did his army up and he's had a fun time playing it and that's 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 pretty much like the main goal of every player is just to have that passion project get your stuff done have a super fun time playing that army and and just win or lose you're having fun with it right and uh it's good to see. So, you know, well, even even myself with the Thousand Suns, it's 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 one of those projects because there's so many, so much conversion that I'm doing in the army, and uh, I might not win as much, but it's still learning the army too. So it's it's an ongoing passion for playing, learning, completing, and then just having a good time. Seeing as we're talking about the double daddy himself here, can we talk about the doubles event? Let's do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we had a uh, Heresy Doubles event. It was three rounds, and essentially it was uh, 20 players. I ended up doing random uh, blind pairings. Uh, the reason for this was essentially to try and mitigate any power couples. Um, so, you know, you get a couple guys teaming up that are really just going to maximize each other's forces and they just complement each other very well and create this really 
over-the-top combination of legions that may not be the best to play against. Uh, so, you know, because, of, again, there is a lot of new faces that came out for this event. Um, some people flew in. Out of town. Some, yeah, yeah, some guys flew in. Some came from Calgary. It, it was awesome to see how many actually, you know, came out for it. Uh, but the big thing I noticed is there was probably a good quarter of the players that were, like, really, really new. Like, I'm talking five games or less kind of thing. And uh, there was one guy who's like, yeah, he's never played. It was his first, like, time playing in the actual event. And he was teamed up with um, Jonah, who is a very, you know, skilled uh, general who was able to kind of play, run him through the game, run him through his army, and just kind of help him along, which was really good. Uh, it actually worked out really cool for some of the pairings where majority of the new guys were actually paired with veterans, uh, which did happen randomly, which was really nice to see. Um, which made it, made it a lot of fun. Uh, it also was good, like as a kind of icebreaker for the community is you get randomly paired with these people and, you know, you have to jump in and, you know, make a new friend pretty much for the day and play and kind of discuss what your armies are about and see how it goes. Um, uh, I, I played in it as a ringer. We unfortunately had some early morning drops, uh, which, you know, it happens, um, so Hal and I ended up actually teaming up together as double Imperial fists as Hal was kind of, you know, he's still learning his army and enjoying that as well. And I'm a little more seasoned with my fists. So it was a really good partner up because we were able to kind of, you know, talk a little bit, talk tactics of, you know, here's what we could do with our units. Um, and Arthur even, uh, got to play in there playing, you know, hashtag best Legion was able to, uh, oh. rock out some iron warriors. And uh, he was playing so with for those, James. For those of you that, for those of you that don't know, uh, Bill had a couple drops, and I had to, to fill in some shoes. And uh, I played about one game of Heresy, so it was a, a bit of a trial by fire. But uh, for those of you who are kind of on the fence about thinking, like, man, like, can I play more than one system? Can I play Heresy? The answer is yes, because the basic core gameplay is not much different. You want to hold points and make your enemy not hold points. Very much, yep, yep. And and everything else is uh, kill stuff, right? So uh, it's it's very possible. You definitely should do it. I was very successful, largely thanks to James. But um, core gameplay is the same. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, mission one was kind of pretty much Dominion, right from the rule book, which has a uh, kind of progressive scoring mechanic to it. You're scoring at the beginning of your turn. Uh, mission two, three ended up doing custom ones, uh, kind of shake it up a little bit and explore some of the uh, progressive scoring again. Uh, mission two was actually you get to score at the end of your player turn, um, which was kind of cool because you could push your opponent off the objectives and still score in your turn, so you weren't kind of getting run away. Um, and it was nice because it was basically hold one, get three points. Um, Sorry, hold one, get one point, hold two, get three points, hold three, get five points. And then there was a little bit of uh, uh, first blood there. So if you got a kill on the first turn, you got extra VP. If it was an HQ or an elite, you got extra VP. Uh, just to shake it up a little bit. That's kind of the biggest thing. Um, one of the things I like most about uh, the missions is, because uh, 40k doesn't do this anymore, is placing your own objective markers. There is so much strategy in deciding that particular thing that like we don't really get anymore it's it's a it's kind of a lost skill yeah. but when you get to place objective marker you have to dictate the flow of the battle 
where do I want my opponent to be? Where do I want to be? Yeah. Especially in but those three objective that. games. You know, when you get to actually place two and your opponent gets to one, place the one, you can definitely start to set things up quite nice. And it all depends, obviously, on playlists, uh, your list and play styles and stuff. It's it's a lot of fun to be able to do it. Um, the event was really successful. Uh, everyone seemed to have a really good time. Definitely a blast. Pretty uh, good. Yeah. A lot of fun. It was, it was great playing, too, because, like, even Ben, my partner, was fairly new as well. He only had, I think, I think this you know, was, was maybe his second game when I first started with him. And uh, really good chemistry right there, right off the bat. He was playing Iron Warriors, so I kind of knew a bit of his army, too, right? Um, just from playing it so against it so much. But, um, yeah, just... It was it was nice to you felt comfortable you know playing the games got to learn like my first game was uh, against Dustin and um, Dustin Scott Scott yeah thank yeah. you um, again another new player he's playing Salamanders which you do not see in the community by the way and is that because uh, they're is that because they're competitively bad or just player preference no just preference there was only really one other player that that had played them um, and hasn't played in a while and then um uh yeah dustin came he's he was actually alex's friend good friend and uh really wanted to get into the game and stuff and kind of met up with him at, at one of the stores and just chatted with him a lot about it and then he just jumped right in and you know bought a box set and within a week he already had like a unit painted and blown our minds away right yeah yeah, yeah. fucking wizard so. painting those salamanders man <laughs> flames and everything right yeah did a great job um, so but it was good to see them and playing and learning and and you know little things kind of being explained so you got got the idea of things and and then you know there's there's things too when you're playing a new player like there's some things you kind of let let slide a little bit right because it's like you're learning you know i to me it's like Win or lose doesn't matter. You're learning. You're having fun. I'm having a fun time. Everybody's having a fun time. That's what it's about. It's good. Boom. Done. Right. Um, so, seeing that, and then the second game again. Uh, my second game was Jonah and uh, and his partner there, and uh, again another new player. Right. And then yourself and James um, there, Arthur, which we just completely devastated. But I mean, you know um, what? I should have clocked that game. <laughs> should have clocked it. <laughs> I, honestly, if that game went any longer, we I think my side would have been in trouble. I so, think so too. Um, but, but you know what? It came down to dice because you guys were up ahead by a lot, and then uh, your Terminators just would not pass the Terminator save. Yeah, no, that's true. Like they they got slaughtered, <laughs> and then uh, and then on the other side there was a couple of um, foo bars on the rolls for charges and whatnot. Like uh, oh, James James and Dreadnought, and it's just like oh goodness. Stuff like that, right? And like That's throughout the whole, it, it, they're awesome games. They're fun games. There's a lot of key moments. I mean, I probably blew up so many space wizard brains throughout the whole day. I stopped counting, um, but it, it was fun, right? Like, I think it was. I think it was first game, second game. My first psychic test of uh, of the match. I rolled perils and blew up heads, and I had to run over to like James because it's an ongoing joke with us. And tell him, yeah, I just perils. And he just, you'd hear him just holler in the background kind of thing, right? So, but that's what it's about, right? Is there any way for you to mitigate the effects of perils as a, as a Thousand Suns player? 
and verbal saves and maybe feel no pains. Um, but that's there's no like special army detachment or anything else you can. Uh, do well, there. there's you can. Um, I think it's the the robots, the Castlex. I think you're if you take the right war, I think you're able to actually allocate. Even though they're even though they're not in the unit, I think you can allocate the wounds to them. Okay. Right. The psychic robots. Um, other than that, like uh, your 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 dreadnought will have adamantium will. So, but for regular units, I've been finding that, you know, 10 man squads, I could probably wipe out with my own powers if I did really bad. So, but, um, yeah, that's a story for another day. It's like having an army of puppets, man. Yeah. From back in the day. Awesome. Yeah. My puppet, my goblin that always blew his head up. Warhammer fantasy. So. Oh my God. With the, uh. With the doubles, I guess some things that I did learn is 1,500 points is probably too much for doubles. Um, the reason I say that is just because uh, most games didn't get past turn three. Um, very seldom did you finish and start into turn four. So if I was going to run it again, I'd probably cap it between 1,000 and 1,250 for points. Uh, we were doing two and a half hour rounds, which was not enough time. Um, but at a certain point, like... How how long are you going to have the rounds, right? Like, you're not going to have three and a half, four-hour fucking rounds. Like, that's just getting crazy. So, obviously, the well, next... We, we all have only so much time, right? That's just it, right? So, I think tuning down the armies a bit, even dropping it to a 1,000 points each would be points, maybe. probably pretty good. Considering doubles, obviously, when you have more people, um, the armies were combined. And how I pretty much did it was there was a Grand Warlord. You had to roll off on turn one, like or game one. And whoever's army won the roll-off, your warlord got his trait, and so did your partners. He got his trait as well, but you got the additional reaction in whatever phase your warlord trait gave it to. Um, yep. So you both shared a pool of reactions, and there's times like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna evade. And the one guy's like, hey, man, like I, I kind of need... I need this reaction for like on my side because he's gonna like I'm gonna get trounced over here. And it was like, oh shit, I don't know. And there was like a couple times Hal and I were even talking. I was like, I'm gonna steal the reaction because I need it on this. He's like, oh, but are you sure? I need it on my squad. I'm gonna get charged. And I was like, okay, you do it then because his charge was gonna be more important. Like there was gonna be more yeah. focused on that particular fight. So it it did have a layer of um, tactics to it as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I just felt either the points were too high, which they were, because we just didn't have enough time to get through all the games. Um, overall, a lot of the mechanics that way worked well. Um, it didn't feel like the reactions were super overpowering, and it did make you make those tough choices. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting little spin on it. Uh, we ended up having uh, best single model uh, paint job, which... Uh, Chris Sharon ended up walking away with it, that beautiful Abaddon. If you were keeping up to date on our socials, you would have seen pictures of it. Uh, the guy is just a fucking wizard with the Sons of Horus paint jobs and the Abaddon's cloak, and just it was insane. It's just a great looking model. It's a machine. The single nicest part about any of Chris's army is his decals. Mm. And I know that decals are not like a wow thing. Any any guy can put a decal on an inter. But when you look at his decals, there is zero film. Like, you know, uh, a lot of people put decals on, and maybe they use the microsol and the microset, and maybe they even put a matte varnish on it, but 
when you turn it to the right light, you can still see. Ah, there's that reflection. I turned his vehicles around 17 times. I could not get it. And I asked him, like, what's your secret? And he had this, like, vinegar thing and, and something else. Uh, this this whole huge bang, this process, he went into it. So, you know what? If you were someone that's struggling with decals, you should get in contact with Chris. Because he'll... Uh, he's a wizard, man. He's a wizard. Yeah, yeah he's, got, he's got a science down, right? Like, he's got a system. Yeah, he does. And it's pretty freaking awesome, especially with all his custom miniatures, too. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I would like to sit down and to be like, Hey, buddy, I'd like some decals on these models. Show me how to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Teach me the ways. Yeah. All I, I, I thought I knew, I clearly didn't. Yeah. Well, it's the thing in this the... hobby you're learning all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who won uh, Best Chaos with his World Eaters, I was talking to him about his army, too. Paul, yeah. And, uh, yeah Paul had a very, very beautiful uh, World Trader, yeah. Trader? <laughs> Oh, trader armor, trader armor. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That you're calling someone a trader. Uh, no. <laughs> and uh, I was talking about like uh, you know where he picked up some of the paint skills because he had some pretty complex stuff going on with those whites. And uh, he was talking about going to cons like Adepticon and mm-hmm. sitting down for three or four days and just taking painting lessons. Yep. Very good. There's a lot of lot of options out there. Definitely uh, is. Those uh, painting seminars and even just getting lessons online from certain people can really up your game, man. Um, I, I would highly recommend it. Like I've been painting for a long time. Um, would consider myself a, a decent painter, uh, but even going through like some of the webinars with Kenny Boucher there and like taking some of his courses, I'm learning stuff all the time. And it's just like, really, man, that works and. You start practicing different techniques because you kind of, it depends what era, I guess, you kind of came up in playing Warhammer, right? Like, I was kind of in the White Dwarf era where it's like, let's, here's a seven step process of how we got this model. And it's like, primed, base coat, this, that, that. And somewhere between picture six and seven, it fucking teleports from like tabletop to fucking heavy metal pro. And you're like, the fuck just happened here, right? Like, yeah, well, that, that's all you one, got. One light blaze, and then that, they're yeah, like, that, but that's all you got back in the day. Now there's YouTube and this and that. Like honestly, just fucking experiment and try. Get yourself a squad that you can strip five, ten, fifteen times, and just keep practicing, practicing. Like it's amazing how fast you can transition from never painting before to being top tier. Yeah. Like it's just insane. It's you know, and and me and Bill playing a lot of the games for with each other for a long time we've seen each other's painting progress and whatnot and you know get to a point of of where we like it and and there's always improvement and stuff and i can admit that like even just bill's imperial fists that he's gotten to that point you know it it was another another milestone another step right of something new that he learned to do just by videos and and with kenny there and whatnot right i think he sold so, the chaos if we're being honest well he did that a long time ago bro long time ago Look true true story he's like he's like horus incarnate right now true story right so <laughs> true story um but no like i i remember bill painting his vampire accounts way back when right oh man and awesome. very gritty very very a lot of washes and stuff like that but then Things started to change. Different armies, airbrushing, washes. You know, uh, 
pigments, this and that, blah, 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 chipping now. And it just, it just, you grow and grow and grow. And yourself, or you know as well, because you do a lot of painting as well and, and some great stuff too, right? So every army great. I paint, I guarantee I try one large new technique. Yep, exactly. Right. An, yeah. ar- ar- an army wide thing. And uh, I think it's a, I think it's important to branch out and try new things. So like in, in myself, you know, I've, I've done different stuff and same kind of thing. I've always struggled with like line highlighting and whatnot. And I tried it on my, um, what was uh, my white scars, uh, terminators in black armor. Even Yeah, that's them. Eben Kasheg. And I just, I just used the silver, right. And just started kind of touching some of the little hard lines and stuff. And it actually turned out quite well. And I was, I was quite pleased with it so oh like uh, almost like a weathering if you're using the silver in a sense yeah right like on the hard edges of the armor not a lot of yeah. it but just enough of it to to amplify the black because you know the painting black is a, could be a bit of a challenge for some people and whatnot same thing with white but with different stuff there's just there's so many tools in your toolbox for painting and stuff plus all the information and visual information that you could get. Like I just looked up a video for my, um, my Africa corpse army for, uh, my Germans that I just got built. And I literally went and picked up the paints and it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to try exactly kind of how this guy did it on this video. Cause it looks great. Has some chipping. So, you know, a new adventure and next, a next step. Right. So, yeah. um, cause I do know myself, I've, think I've lost a little bit of the brushwork just because of the uh, interactive, the AK interactive uh, um, streaking grime. So gotta go back and try to get my brushwork up to to snub again and uh, just keep improving. And for guys who like don't, you know, don't really enjoy painting or just kind of do a basic thing, little baby steps. Really, um, like I know. I know Hal has been painting his stuff and whatnot, and he'll ask a lot of questions about things. You know, one example: build the wash with the um, with the flow improver. Right? Oh, yeah. Simple little trick, and it, it helped him out a lot. So, and doing a wash with flow improver. No. It yeah, helps just, increase the capillary action of the wash, and it helps push it into the cracks more, and away from the bigger, flat, rounded surfaces. Um, this oh, is so also you don't have to relayer. Yeah, and it's also yeah. um, improved if you do a gloss varnish first. So, that's that's the technical way. But that's and that's the great thing about the community, right? Is there's so much talent out there, so much knowledge, and people are willing to share it. Whereas, like before, like Bill said in that book, you had what happened there? Something teleported. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I remember I, I bought some of those books, and they're like, "We'll show you how to paint skin in six easy steps." And steps one through five is like, "Okay, I can do that." And then all of a sudden, the step six is like, it feels like they got makeup on, and you're like, "Yeah, uh, yeah." Like, what the fuck happened there? Why does he so, look like a cartoon from just the '60s or something? Just crazy. Yeah. So. Big um, Games Workshop trying to get you to buy more white dwarfs, those sons of bitches. It's true. It's true. I man. should buy these paints. Oh, yeah. um, speaking <laughs> of which, not you know, not to completely derail this uh, thing, but you kind of reminded me. Warhammer Plus, I have it. 
I really like it. If you're on the fence about it at all, buy it for the fucking painting masterclass videos. For what is the painting masterclass for, video for that alone? Doesn't have that I can't find on YouTube. Sell, sell me on this. That it doesn't what, have what on YouTube. They, yeah, what can't I get on YouTube that I have to pay for on the the Warhammer Plus? I would say if you are a young, ambitious hobbyist who's you know rocking hard onto the G Dub uh, way of modeling. It's nice because they will give you every breakdown of a Games Workshop product that they use. Everything that they use in those videos is a Games Workshop product. It's not, I'm using this Vallejo set with my fucking Kalinske brush, bro, and all this. It's it's not a ton of stuff you're going to have to buy. If you're on the G-Dub train, most likely you have this shit already. Uh, minus maybe some paints and whatnot. Um that's probably the biggest benefit is you can follow along with what you have from GW exclusively where I do find some of the stuff on YouTube really good, but the guys like, well, I'm using this MIG thing and I've got this crazy, you know, $60 brush. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. It's just, uh, I got a 0.18 airbrush and you're going to need, uh, 17 scale paints, four Citadel paints, three Vallejo paints, this extra special paint that you can only pre-order from my store. Exactly. Yeah. And a partridge and a pear tree. So it's essentially, it gives you a one-stop shop, a snapshot in time with easy ways to do it with just strictly Games Workshop products. The painters are pretty pretty top-notch. They have a lot of cool breakdowns. And uh, the nice thing about it is being able to kind of view them all at one time. They're all on your My Warhammer app. Check everything out. Um, but yeah, I, I look at, I watch those videos a lot, right? Like, um, I just add it to the arsenal. It, it's just another didn't tool they, uh, in the hobby belt. Didn't they do the face video? Yeah, that was, was like that one of the first ones. It was painting flesh, um, painting light, mid, and dark tone flesh. And the way to do like actually like a, cut, a color gradient where they're um, actually pre um, like pre shading their faces with like blue, yellow, and reds, so you actually can get like a different kind of warm, cold, and mid tones on these different facial uh, pieces. And you know they have great ideas like you know take take a chunk of sprue that has four or five heads and just practice painting heads. Everyone has leftover heads from their models, right? Just practice painting heads they're on a sprue it's perfect you just prime it pst, and just paint it and experiment and move on to the next one and they just have little tips and tricks like that that i found to be very um very useful i've tried experimenting with some of them they turn out really well so that's my uh, you know what's, shameless what's GW plug. is when i went to go paint the sisters of battle because their 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 heads are smaller than space marines right they're yep. they're not very big uh for every head I needed on a model, I'd paint three or four heads. Yeah. And, and and out of those four, maybe two would come out good, and I'd be able to choose which one I liked the most. Uh, so there's definitely something valuable painting extra heads, painting extra faces. Yeah. It's, one one eyeball fucks it all up. Well, that's Practice, true. Right? It's true. And it's weird when you start watching some of these videos, they paint the eyes. Some of them paint the eyes first. Maybe it's yeah. easier. I don't know. So they I say. I still don't want to paint with a single human hair, so. Yeah, so they say. So <laughs> I use this little X10 brush, right? And it's, fuck, it's very tiny. 
Uh, it's are you painting just eyeballs. liquid water like the rest of these guys are with one pigment of paint in it? It's same it's, looking yeah. hair. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Uh, it's a good little brush though. Um, we'll yeah, again, some... a lot of little tools, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just loading up the arsenal. Um, continuing on with kind of the doubles, uh, Tyler ended up winning best loyalist with his imperial fists. Um, I think it was pretty much down to him and James for. Uh, for that, there wasn't a ton of loyalist guys that were fully painted. Uh, and then uh, our best tacticians was Andy and Mackenzie for the game. Uh, overall scored the most uh, most VPs and uh, had consecutive wins, which was pretty sweet. Um, uh, and, and it's just a nice thing to see, right? It's a nice thing to see uh, different people coming out and playing and kind of doing well in the, in the doubles itself and uh, just amping up a lot of... Uh, a lot of the community, a lot of guys, I think now that they're starting to get comfortable with each other, it creates a lot of um, future rivalries. I uh, get those vendetta grudge matches going on, yep. which is nice. Um, I've been talking about, and I, I launched even a save the date for in the new year, April. Uh, April 15th, 16th is going to be a Horus Heresy standalone event. Um, should be really big, 32 players. I expect that to sell out pretty much almost ASAP just for when everything drops. Uh, lots of interest from our uh, uh, fellow Heresy players from BC, Boys of the Golden Throne, and the rest of the crew. Uh, there's some guys from the States that want to come check it out, and then obviously from here, Calgary. So it, it should be a uh, pretty sweet event to be able to kick off, which would be nice. It should be a nice uh, kickstart to the summer. So, yeah. What other uh, what other future events? So there's LVO right around the corner. You yeah. have uh, your you know Heresy. When when's Trident Wargaming Fest 2023? Uh, it'll be I don't it'll be something it'll be something good. I I want to do Iron Within again in the fall. I think that was a pretty legit uh, pretty legit time. Make it a two day again, and then 2024 I think might be the big one. I think that might be a uh, a full-blown like multi-system uh, two or maybe three-day uh, event that we do. Like grand scale, camp. yeah. Grand scale. You get the Titanic, yes. By then we could do Battlefleet Gothic. You got the forty k. We got the thirty k. You get the uh, the Army Men one. Uh, bolt action. Bolt action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Army Men. <laughs> like. Bolt action, oh, flames of war. You can do battle tech. You can do blood bowl. There's a lot of there's a lot a of solid ton. groups out there, right? A lot of solid groups that actually have a fair bit of players. And if shit, you run, some, run some some NTG events on the side for people who lose round one, they can drop out. That's right. Yeah, if you get eliminated <laughs> first round, you can go play some magic. It'll be great. I was actually thinking. Uh, I, I played in a, a, a 40k GT. I don't know three weeks ago. And I was doing really well day one until I ended up losing against the guy who would eventually win the tournament. Uh, and and after you lose one game in a in a thirty two man event, like you can't win. Right? So in in the magic scene, uh, if you lose a game or if you if you can't top eight, it's actually not socially unacceptable to drop. And if hmm. you're playing at like the big cons and the big events, you can just go run side events. So if it's a if it's a two two day tournament and you lose game three, you just drop and then you can go enter another side tournament. I was kind of beating around with the idea if if you had a two day Warhammer event, so 40k, 30k, or whatever, um, 
But after day one, for anyone who's not running anymore, would it be socially unacceptable to like, okay, let's do a one day RTT alongside that other two day event. So for the people who are really pushing for that top spot, they can keep doing that. And for the people who want to drop out and have the chance to do another top spot, you can have a little eight man RTT. That'd be I don't know cool. if it's practical or not, or if that's janky or what. It's a thought. I don't know. That kind of sounds cool. You could almost uh, the what is it? The first Santanath spin on it. You can have it like last chancers RTT, something like that, where you get a chance to still try and bring home. Uh, bring home last chancers. Yeah, bring home a, a trophy. <laughs> that could be right. kind of cool, right? Like make it make it something where you get a, a second chance, essentially. So. Well, it just felt really bad at the end of day one to be like, oh, fuck, like, I don't even want to come back tomorrow. I can't, I can't win. <laughs> They'd already given out painting. Uh, generalmanship was, I was, I was out. So it's like, it's what, like well, what now? fuck, what am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, still play some games, have some fun. Uh, actually, some of the most fun games you'll ever have at a tournament is when you're not trying to win. If you and your buddy both know that, like, neither of you can win the top spot. It, it really takes a lot of the pressure off. And instead, you can focus on having a good time instead of being like, this motherfucker's going to gotcha me. Right? <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Or knowing that you're going to lose that game, so now you're trying to mitigate his points. So you're trying to claw that fucker down. That's That's <laughs> gone through my head, too. Isn't so. uh, Don't they kind of do something similar to that in, in LVO with 40k? Uh, they have yeah, a, like, they a 40k, like, uh, they have, they have 40K friendlies, events. yeah. Yeah, 40, they go to like that open friendly... Yeah. Oh, and they have full scale RTTs now on uh, the Sunday, right? If you don't make. Oh, they okay. <laughs> you can, you can go drop out. Yeah, yeah I'm fun. kind of out of the 40k scenes. No, I just know that when we were playing Heresy, there was a lot of 40k players the next, the following day, kind of playing where we were, right? So yeah, they're all kind of all over the place, but that's that's next level. Like at LVO, the scale is insane. I think it's this year's yeah. going to be or next year, it's going to be 1,200 players. In total, which is just 40k alone, which is fucking just wild. Well, they have that new. They they did something controversial, right? Where they were going to have a seating tournament. So again, following the Magic the Gathering model, uh, and this this might happen in Heresy too. So it's worth talking about on a Heresy podcast. Is that uh, Magic will have like qualifier events, and if you you know qualify for certain many events, you be get on the pro tour, and then you can miss day one of the event, and out of an eight game tournament, maybe you're only showing up. For your first game on game four. See, and I I don't know how I feel about that. That kind of upsets me a little bit. Like, um, essentially, it's kind of a cheat. Like, no matter how good you are, is it fair for you to be able to come in mentally and physically fresh on day two where all these other motherfuckers are haggard and just beat the shit and mentally drained from, like, you know, gaming and focusing so hard on the table day one? Like, I don't know about that. That... I feel and the other side of that is that if you uh, like, if we're talking about building a meta army for the complexion, like if you take what's considered to be a meta army and you're, you know, you're going against everything, but round one you get up against some sort of like weird skew list that you never accounted for. Like, th there's the chance of that. But if we start mm -hmm. making, you know, so some people never have to have that opportunity. Yeah, it's kind of a problem. I don't know. Well, it rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like that. Well, no, I I definitely agree with you there. I'm not really uh, I'm not really a fan of that either because you know what? If you do happen to run into that weird, obscure, just anti fucking jank list on round one, well, 
that's just how it goes. Sometimes you making an all comers list is like legit trying to make an all comers list. And I think sometimes the top tier guys only really focus on those two or three armies that are going to make it at that level. I, I don't know. That's how it kind of seems to me. I'm not, I'm not in my pro um, prime at 40 K either, but you do see kind of like the strategy of it. Right. And uh, certain so, teams if you're are building certain a, armies. If you're building a 30 K list, cause you're expecting for everyone to have two Spartans and a 10 man lands can scene, but all of a sudden the list you play up against has uh, no dreads, no armor at all. And it's just a million Marines. Yeah. That, like, I mean, how many Marines can you kill? <laughs> well, that's can you just kill it, all right? of them? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, that's just it. You, you Virul may run into that, right? And instead, okay, so not Marines, but Custodes. What if you run into just a 50-man infantry horde of Custodes? Well, you're, kind of, you're probably fucked. <laughs> right? Like, and, and, but, you know, I bet you there's someone who's like, I might not win this, but I'm going to go kill that 50-man Custodes army. Yeah. And I think if we start letting people skip the line... Uh, we take away some of that that chance. Yeah, no, I I do I do kind of uh, appreciate that uh, mentality. Like I think yeah, everyone should have to go crawl through it and make your way, especially in tabletop, right? Like I'd rather have everybody play their thing. game. Yeah, period. Right. But also, I can't afford to go to another qualifying event. Right? There's only so much so much money, so much time. That's true. So, I'm not Richard Siegler. I'm not professional on Art of War. I'm not. Do you do you think that the qualifiers being a separate event in a different location, do you feel that it's not accessible for everybody? It's not. It's as not. as in like, well, let's be real. Any event, anyone can argue like every event could be inaccessible for somebody. But I don't know. Just adding an extra, just the way it works. Layer. I mean like to it it's just yeah yeah it's an interesting thing uh i am hoping for big things um for heresy uh, especially to come from um you know lvo adepticon stuff like that i really hope it's gonna dawn the age of uh match play um i know we've talked about that a lot on the podcast so won't delve too heavy into that but uh i have high hopes for the system i really do i think uh I think it's in a prosperous spot. There's lots of potential, so I think you'll see it. They just hired a match play designer, yeah. uh, which means uh, unless they're 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 hiring more than one for 40k, like they're onto something. So, yeah, and you know one. what? They've done it for some of their other uh, games, like Shadespire and stuff. Had quite a following for a bit, and they did some stuff. So, I would not be surprised if they did uh, match play for Heresy. It's going to be their their one of their big three systems here. Yeah, it's it's money on the table. Yeah. You sell your stupid little $50 book every six months? Come on. It's legit. Yeah. I'll gladly pay if it improves gameplay and makes it makes it more fun for everybody. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Uh, I was I was reflecting with someone else about how the match play system for 40k has uh, created a really good game. Uh, and, and I think that 30k could absolutely improve with a match play system. So maybe... Any other predictions for uh, what's coming up? LVOS? Big announcements? No. That's probably about it for me. I, I think anything else that's really big is probably going to happen either at Adepticon or later. Anything from that. I, so, 
you think uh, of the emperor model to go with the book? Oof, that'd be crazy. Has Angron came out yet? The the, the model for 40k? Uh they leaked his data slate and stuff. He, his model yeah, January. For sure, January, right? Yeah. When they're gonna finish off the guard release and then they'll do world eaters and then probably I think Space Marine 2.0. Yeah, which even Space Marine 2.0 sounded uh sounded kind of different. I from what I heard is no new codex update, but they're gonna redo all the supplements. Hmm. So could be interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Could be interesting. I, I am curious. Uh, once once Heresy gets match play though, uh, and they finish off giving out you know the individual army codexes, uh, how they'll continue to update the game. Mm. Um, will they start releasing like a trader book? This is the Iron Warrior specific uh, Liber Supplementus. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, see, this is Funny, something... Funny, Bill was talking about that earlier. Yeah, <laughs> before the show we were talking, and I was like, you know what, this kind of feels like to me, these Liber Astartes, Liber, Liber Hereticus, Imperium, all that, these kind of feel like the old um, 8th edition kind of intro books. Indexes, yeah, 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 the yeah, index. Right. That's right. It kind of feels like the index, and I could totally see them going, "Hey, here's it. Here is, yeah, your Codex World Eaters, you know, or whatever you want to call it. Like, vote well, for each what? individual legion. What is there? 16, 16 or eighteen? Legions? Eighteen 16? legions. So you could have yeah. a year and Eight. a half. So you could extend it to two years for sprinkling little other releases in the middle and. Honestly, I don't know, man. You could be doing a drop of Codex every month and a half. It could be sick. You could pair it off one world or one trader, one loyalist every month, right? Yeah, yeah you could. And then uh, it'll also sprinkle in your little admex and your knights and stuff. That'd be kind of one way I think you could do it if you did pair off a, a trader and a loyalist that actually fought. So you could be like Alpha Legion and Imperial Fist, and here's. Uh, Warzone Pluto, and here's the codexes to match it. And you've got, you know, Iron Hands and Emperor's Children. Oh, look, here's a fucking Istvan. Like, I think you could come with a special edition headless horseman. Yeah, wow, of course. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just there's so much potential, and I, I I don't know. I I wouldn't put it past him, honestly. I I also wouldn't. um, Besides match play, those I wouldn't be surprised if they really started to ramp up on um doing kind of like the crusade books as well yeah like they do for 40k but oh. do a version for 30k i like that i think that Having would be a, because the perfect addition for the heresy system that that's the thing right is you have a lot of players all over the world who are very in-depth with the narrative slash fluff of heresy yeah best-selling book series that would be the perfect thing for for that right Okay, let's it do would. let's do match play so that we keep these guys happy, and let's do uh, the whatever you want to call it, crusade or whatever, right? And it it keeps these other players happy, and now you got a happy, you know, a good jive of of both aspects of the game happening at the same time, so that yeah. the players of each stature actually can just go with it and enjoy it and not worry about the other, right? Well, let's be real; most guys will probably play both anyways. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, we'd, we'd play Crusade. Yeah. I'll Crusade the league. shit out of that, man. Like That would be, that'd be a perfect league yeah. kind of uh, league community 
um, you know, project event slash whatever you want to call it, right? Have it on, go on for six months, you know, at a time kind of thing. Yeah, but it'd be great. It's nice because they would be able to, you'd be able to do that periodically, just how like 40k does with all the books that come out, Warzone, whatever, right? Um, so another one here right away. So it's, it's, yeah, will. In, in my, in my head, that's kind of like, it's kind of a no brainer. Like, maybe you should be thinking about doing that, going now, right? It's actually but, surprisingly been uh, radio silence on this new Warzone update, whatever it's going to be. Normally, you know, a little bit, uh, people start releasing trailers, playtesters start getting stuff up, but I haven't heard a single rumor about any any Warzone update. And those are big updates, so I'm, I'm curious what's yeah. going on. There. Warzone restart? Warzone restart? 10th edition? It's hard to say. <laughs> uh, but, nice. Well, next year will be, uh, I'll, I'll hopefully be diving into a little bit of 40k myself, so. Yeah. Be nice to get back into that rotation as well. For sure. Do, but uh, fear not, Heresy listeners. We'll definitely be keeping the the Heresy content strong. I know we've uh, rid mm-hmm. the we've been riding the line between Heresy and 40k tonight. Uh, but it's it, it's just we're we're all involved in so many different systems, and there's similarities and ways that you see improvements in other systems that you want to always you know take little bits and try and. Uh, yep you know, hope and pray that everything's going to happen. So, well, let's finish strong talking about heresy that, uh, black library preview just came out. Oh yeah. And we're talking the end of the end, the end in the death, that Dan Abnett conclusion. Yeah. To this series. Now, obviously he was there the day Horus slew the emperor, right? That's how it started. That's how it's going to end. Uh, is there any big surprises you think you're going to see in this book or is it just business as normal? I have predictions. I know, so I know uh, End of the Death is going to come out like um, Volume 1 is supposed to be in February. Then Volume 2 will probably be closer to the end of the year. I'm worried that it's... So, like, old canon was Horus knew he was running out of time. Ultramarine's fleet was coming upon his ass. And he had a limited amount of time to deal the death blow to Terra. And he lowers his shields to goad the emperor into like a big fight which the emperor accepts he all right teleports up there my fear is is they're gonna spin it into ollie pearson that motherfucker somehow is gonna be on the vengeful spirit with john grammaticus and the rest of these fuckers just teleporting through the warp cutting you know cutting with their little rape bone scissors they're gonna pop up on the ship and they're gonna deactivate the shields and I hope the fuck that's not what happens because I think they would be so anticlimactic and just too, it's too expected. Like I can see it from a mile away and I hope that's not what happens. Spoilers, uh, Emperor and Horus probably both get mortally wounded and Horus dies. I saw some, some memes that was talking about how uh, it's all been a big cover-up and that it was Sanguinius that succumbs to the Black Rage in order to save so, the Emperor. He kills Horus, and then the Emperor, out of pity, has to put Sanguinius down. That There has been a couple things about that because he the only way Sanguinius could actually beat Horus is if he fully gave himself to the Black Rage and Corn. And we talked about this before on a different one with the Echoes of Eternity about like um, when he's fighting Angron, that like corn can feel kind of his power or his favor going away and 
Angron and like Synchronicity can hear like Corn laughing because like, he doesn't care where the blood's coming from. It's just there's blood, there's epic fighting. And I was always wondering, like, do you think Sanguinius gave himself over just a little bit to, like, hate and everything to put the death blows on Angron? And how crazy would that be if it actually worked out for this last book where he does succumb and the Emperor does have to kill him? As a I twist of canon? That, I think they can never do it because there's too many neckbeards that would get too upset about it. Let's, I think you'd have a, a meltdown or a rage. There's a lot of shit that they're changing and, already. And fans would submit to the Black Rage if that probably happened. Yeah. Right. There's so much shit uh, that's been changing already. I don't know. It's just it'll be interesting. I don't know. There there is some there is some sacred canon when it comes to Warhammer. And that canon is on the vengeful spirit, the Emperor's stands while Sanguinis is on the ground, right? No. They'll never change that. I Jokes just, aside. I just wonder how he's gonna die. Is it gonna be like an epic four chapter fucking half the book of like him fighting, or it'll be like at the very end, like book one he's alive, book two he gets caught by Horus's claw and just like bitch slap dead, and then the emperor is there. Like I, I, because like how could the Sanguinius Horus fight be more epic than the Emperor Horus fight? I can't. Can it? Can it? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be epic regardless. I want to know. Right. Let us know in the comments. Can Sanguinius and Horus be more epic than Emperor versus Horus? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough one. There's a lot of favorites there. Well, that's just it, right? And Horus is infused with all the power of chaos, so you know... And let's be real, in Echoes of Eternity at this point, Sanguinis, is, he's fucking tired. So, like, he's not even at that level, right? Like, is it going to just be dead? Like, I, I don't know. It, 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 it'll be interesting, right? Like, it'll be pretty crazy. I'm sure there's a couple heresy people out there that are just like, holy fuck, listen to this guy, right? Like, <laughs> just, just, you know, listen, just take a second and think about it. Well, when we look at how they ended great... Uh, works of, of, of science fiction and fantasy in the last 10 years, a lot of it's been really disappointing. Uh, uh, I hope not. Well, and, and like, even something as sacred as Star Wars, and even though, you know, Disney bought it, like, things did not go the way people expected. No, that's true. So, uh, is that is that Games Workshop canon sacred enough? Or not? Dan Abbott would not come back in right no, he wouldn't. No, he's a talented dude. So I'm just, I'm curious to see how it'll actually go. Uh, it is bittersweet, though, isn't it? Um, a little bit. At the end of all these series, like I've been cranking through the audiobooks, I'm on Barry Dagger, and I, I'm up to date with all the CG Terror ones, but it's been two years of cranking out audiobooks to get to this point. And I was like, holy fuck, really? Like, next year, that could be it. I'll have to listen to the whole Siege again, just because it's super good. And then it's like, what do I listen to after? Or Texan Felix. Wherever fast. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably start Dark Imperium, because, I don't know, like, Late Heresies, Early 40K. And uh, you won't change my mind on that, that's for sure. So I'd like to teleport over to Dark Imperium, maybe, and start listening to that. 
after so once you start listening to that just get to the point where you find out what happened to commissar yurik he's hanging on angron's belt is it really well oh, no. that's what they say um, Spoiler alert. there's yeah there's well there's been some pictures right and they're like oh my god he's been in plain sight the whole time and it is a skull a human-sized skull with the servo kind of like eye that's on the same side that Yurik has, and people are speculating that, yeah, old Bailey is hanging off Angron's belt, and they've been joking around where Thraka finds out that Angron killed him, and now Thraka's pissed off, and he wants to find Angron to kick the shit out of him because he killed his, his fighting buddy, which would make an epic story in itself. So I kind of hope it's a little bit true. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So... Lots of good stories to come. Yeah. When the internet goes into a rage, we'll finally know. We'll know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, any any predictions from you guys? What's going to happen in the end of the death? Death of uh, the end? Business, business is normal. They're going to keep it uh, exactly as it's meant to be. They'll write some epic scenes, but it'll be what you expected. Uh, there will not be any uh, twists. No twists. No twists. And just very long fight scenes. Long, yeah. For sure. Yeah, and probably a lot of detail of of just how they were feeling throughout the fight and those moments and critical moments and stuff like that. So I'm sure they'll they'll write it pretty good. And, uh, yeah. Hope they don't change it, but uh, just don't know. Yeah. Don't, Don't know until we get there. It's true. It's true. Very true. Well, I guess, yeah. I guess that's a good spot to leave off. Let us uh, let us all find out together next year. It'll be uh, interesting. And again, yeah, if you've been uh, keeping up, let us know in the comments what you think. I'm eager to I'm eager to interact with everybody online and talk. The interaction has been lots. Um, it's been growing a lot lately, so that's pretty sweet to see. A lot of uh, chatter on all the posts, so much appreciated everybody and yeah thank you for uh tuning in thanks for having me guys as always always appreciate the opportunity to talk uh warhammer of any kind welcome catch everybody next time